And a blessed day today to all of you wonderful saints of God, a most glorious, glorious new year. Today I continue a teaching on entering into the presence of God, but I want to talk to you about the result of worship. You are going to love it today. Absolutely love it. Thank you for being with me today. Thank you for being my wonderful partner and family. I pray the Lord will bless you this year with peace, enjoy mightily blessing your life with his wonderful presence wonderful jesus i thank you lord for your people lord i pray you'll use this wonderful work today to strengthen them bless them bring them back to the mountaintop in jesus name heavenly father we give you all the praise amen we were talking about holiness that only as we understand holiness can we worship the Lord. Remember uh, Psalm 100, we enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Why? Because of his goodness. Into his courts with praise. Why? His greatness. But then we come to worship. And worship, why? Because of his holiness. And I said, holiness has no parallel on earth. You and I can understand goodness because we see good things and good people. We understand greatness because we see creation and great things. But we don't understand holiness because we have nothing to compare it to. So holiness demands revelation. I do not need a revelation to say thank you, Lord, because I see his goodness. I don't need a Revelation to praise him. I see his greatness in creation, in my experience, in my life, in his church. But it's impossible to worship him without revelation. What is holiness? Holiness is who he is. God is. So holiness is the totality of the attributes of God. And before I, I, I talk to you about the results of worship, which you're going to love, because it's really going to set you free, a lot of you precious people, into that realm of the Spirit. The attributes of God are seven. Number one, God is light, 1 John 1, 5. Number two, God is love, 1 John 4, 8 and 16. Number three, God is just or justice, Deuteronomy 32, 3 and 4. Number four, God is wrath, Nahum 1, 2. Number five, God is mercy, Psalm 51, verse 1. Six, God is grace, Hebrews 4, 16. And finally, God is power, Psalm 93, 1 through 4. So holiness is all the attributes in one. Holiness is the, is the total being of God himself. And now when we look at Psalm 95, so let's go to it together. It says, O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. So now we have a repeat of what I've said. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Make a joyful noise to him with psalms. The Lord is great. He's a great God great king above all the gods in his hands are the deep places of the earth 
the strength of the hills. And th this is all about praise. So you see God's greatness in all these words. The sea is his. He made it. His hands formed the dry land. Now verse 6. Oh, come. Let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. For he is our God. We are the people of his pasture, the sheep of his hand. Today, if you'll hear his voice. Now, this is so, so important because when we come to the Lord with thanksgiving and praise, our vision now is focused on the Lord. So it is essential, it is essential for worship because the great enemy of worship is self. The great enemy of worship is self-centeredness. You cannot worship the Lord. Not one of us can worship the Lord if we are distracted by self. As long as we are wrapped in ourselves, our problems, our difficulties, our challenges, all that, we really cannot worship. So Psalm 95, 6 says, Oh, come, let us come. Meaning, let your only focus be the Lord, not self, not trouble. So our biggest enemy when it comes to worship, our biggest enemy when it comes to worship is self-centeredness, ourself. You know, you've seen it, and it's happened to all of us. When we are troubled about family, when we are troubled about finances, when we're troubled about this and that, we can't even focus on the Lord because we are focused on all the troubles and we don't know how to handle it. But worship will change all that. Worship brings you into that rest. Okay. So it says in verse 7, I'm going to read, read verse 6 one more time because when the Lord says, come, it's, it's, a, it's a very powerful moment here. He was, he's really saying, uh, turn away from yourself. Oh, come, turn away from your troubles. Uh, separate yourself from the problems of the world. Oh, come, come into that quiet place. Let us worship. In that place we find rest, a haven of rest. Let us bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. He is our God. Worship sets us apart for the Lord. He is our God. By worshiping, we declare who the Lord is in our life. By worship, we become one with him. Because it says, it says we are the people of his pasture, the sheep of his hand. Suddenly this becomes reality. Oneness with Jesus happens. I remember when I was young, 1973, when I worshiped the Lord for the whole year. We lived in a very small home in Toronto, Canada. My mom and my dad were not saved. My, 
brothers and sisters were not saved. Eight children in the family. Every night, a lot of noise down below. They played that Arabic music real loud in our home. You know, we from the Middle East are really loud people. The cousins would come and the neighbors would come. A lot of noise down there. But here I am up on the, on the upstairs in my room, in my small room. You could hear, you know, you could hear everything. You, they, yes, you couldn't escape the noise. But in my room, it was peaceful. Rest. All the noise didn't affect me. Why? Because when we worship, we lock the world out. We are able to literally separate ourselves. And I would play these reel-to-reel tapes back then with the beautiful worship songs. And sometimes these worship songs, the tape would stop, and I could still hear the noise from downstairs. It didn't affect me. I was in my own little world. I was in my own world. The presence of Jesus was so incredibly rich. There's no way I can describe it to you. No way. That's what birthed the ministry that year. In worship, we declare to the Lord that we are His. That's what it says here. We are the people of His pasture, the sheep of His hand. And in that oneness, something happens. He speaks. And He speaks in the depth of our being. And the minute He speaks, Something happened. Because this is the only time we see these words is in verse 7. Psalm 95, 7. He is our God with the sheep of his pasture, the sheep of his hand. I love that part. It says under his care. Under his care. Today, if you'll hear his voice. In those, in those days, I had experiences at night. I woke up one night feeling a hand rubbing my forehead with five fingers rubbing my forehead. I will never forget the presence of the Lord that was so rich. The care of the Lord over me was beyond description. And I did not realize what my worship was doing in damaging the kingdom of the enemy. The devil showed up one night trying to stop me. I wasn't preaching to anyone. I wasn't ministering anywhere. I was ministering to the Lord, not realizing it was moving the heart of God and damaging the enemy's domain. In worship, the angelic are there. In worship, the atmosphere changes. I woke up many nights seeing angels in my room. I I cannot deny that. My world became supernatural. And every time I worship, it's the same thing. When when I do it today, when I do it here, when I worship, it's like I'm lifted to a higher plateau. And there the Lord's voice is so crystal clear. I was in India, in Bangalore. Three million people in that service. A very busy day that day. 
everyone was coming, wanting to meet me from government officials to entertainers and business people. And, and I got up on that platform and I began to worship the Lord and I forgot all about the crowds in front of me. Imagine completely dismissing that there were three million people there. I was caught, I was literally caught when I was worshiping the Lord alone. And I've always said, you can't lead worship. You worship and the crowds follow you, the crowds join you. And as I began to worship, I heard his voice. I missed you today. Oh, and I began weeping. I missed you today. And the Lord understood because I had all these people wanting to meet me in India from the prime minister and I should say former prime minister at the time and uh, all the dignitaries and this and that. But every time we worship, he speaks to us. And when he speaks to us, <sighs> rebellion flees. Rebellion is no longer there because it says, harden not your heart. The next verse. Don't harden your heart. Why? Because worship brings his voice. His voice removes rebellion, removes disobedience. As in the day of provocation, as in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me and saw my works. And in worship, there's such beauty that we enter into rest because watch what it says in verse 10 and on. 40 years long was I agreed with this generation and said, it is the people that do err in their heart. They, they have not known my ways. Unto whom I swear in my wrath, that they should not enter into my rest. Rest in Jesus is found in worship. And worship is impossible without a revelation of holiness. And that revelation of holiness comes to us when literally thanksgiving and praise cause us to focus on the Lord. And when we focus on the Lord, and we dismiss all the negatives, now we're able to worship. And God gives us that revelation of, of, of himself. And now we hear his voice, and Jeremiah 7.23 says something powerful. He says, but this thing command I them, this thing I commanded them, saying, obey my voice, I will be your God, you will be my people. And you'll walk in all the ways that I've commanded you, that it may be well with you. Well, I don't think it's possible to obey the Lord till we worship him, because worship brings his voice. And when we hear his voice, we obey. Obedience, then, is the result of hearing the voice of God, and hearing the voice of God is the result of worship. True worship, not song services. A lot of... Churches have song services, but that's not worship. I was watching night before last on YouTube. I love watching the old uh, sing-alongs, uh, you know, the old hymns that they sing. And I was watching where in the Royal Albert Hall they were singing the hymns of the church. And they were just there. The whole place was singing. It was a beautiful melodies and beautiful music, beautiful words, but no worship. You, you didn't even sense the anointing. It was just people singing. It was nice to hear it, 
I'm sitting in my in my in my room with you know I'm 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 worshiping and I'm thanking the Lord. I, I didn't see one hand lifted in that whole place. I saw a face or two being touched, but that's about it from the thousands that were there. You can watch that. People just sit and love the, the sound of that beautiful hymn. Or people love music and it moves them emotionally. But is that worship? No. Worship is heart. It's in the heart. And the Father seeks those who worship in spirit. And that happens only when we are in that place where we separate ourselves. And look, I've said it before, it's impossible to worship in public if you don't worship in private. You have to worship God alone to be able to worship him in a a big service. So now, the promises of God become ours. What did God say in Deuteronomy 28, 1 and 2? He said, it'll come to pass if you will hearken to my voice, if you'll do what I tell you, which only happens in worship, all these blessings will come on you and overtake you if you hear my voice. What did Jesus say? What did our precious Lord Jesus say in John 10? And this is powerful because, you know, you have to understand worship has such power that you'll hear the voice of God. You'll be able to obey him. Rebellion flees from our hearts and lives. And the Lord Jesus said in verse 27 of John 10, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. We cannot follow the Lord if we don't hear his voice. And only worship brings you to the place that you can hear his voice. And when you hear his voice, that's when we enter into rest. That's what it said there in the Psalms. Enter into my rest. A place of such liberty in the Lord. And when you go to Hebrews 4, which I think has been somewhat misunderstood in some circles, because people think about the Sabbath. The Sabbath is worship. Worship is what brings us into the Sabbath of rest. Sabbath is not a day. Sabbath is an experience with the Lord. Dear Lord, did you hear what I said? Sabbath is not something legalistic about a day when you kind of lock yourself in and do nothing. It's the Sabbath of rest. So Hebrews 4.9 says, There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that is entered... Into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own works, as God did from his. And that's what happens in that atmosphere. We don't have to do anything. We just enjoy. Faith comes alive. Let us labor thereof, or therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. And, and you know, he goes back to that same promise or portion in Hebrews 4 that he talks about Psalm 95. And verse 3 says, For we which have believed do enter into that rest. As God said, as I have sworn in my wrath, 
if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were, were, were finished from the foundation of the world, he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise. God did rest on the seventh day from all his works. So Israel could not find rest because they never experienced worship. Not really. And in worship there is faith. And in faith there is worship. The power of worship is so powerful, it ignites faith. And faith is Jesus. Faith is not something mental. Faith is a heart function, spiritual function of the heart. Where everything in you knows that what he said he'll do. Such complete rest in his word. And it doesn't happen when people jump and holler and dance and get emotional. It's not going to happen. It's going to wear people down. That's what's going to happen. Worship that stillness. Be still and know I am God. Be still and know. There is that knowing that every word he says will take place in your life. And you rest in that. There is a place of quiet rest near to the heart of God, a place where sin cannot molest, near to the heart of God. So there is that quietness where faith is alive by the Holy Spirit, that oneness with the Lord happens and that worship begins. Our precious Jesus becomes the more, more and more precious every moment as we worship. The Bible also gives us a warning. Back to Psalm 95 before I close. In Psalm 95, beginning in verse 7, it says, Now listen, he's our God. We're his people. You will, you will hear his voice when you worship. But if you don't, and you harden your heart, as in that day in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, saw my work, when I was grieved with this generation, he said, you will not find that rest. Without worship, you can't find it. I think about Elijah. He was so distracted by Jezebel. In 1 Kings 19, you can read that story for yourself, beginning at verse 11 through 13. He was so worried about his own life, he runs to Sinai. Horeb, from Carmel, it's a long way, by the way, from Haifa to the tip, southern tip of, of Sinai. It's, it's a good 45-minute flight on a plane, and he walked all that way. And now he gets there, and he, he, he's not, you know, connecting with the Lord yet. He, you know, he, he thinks God is in the wind and the fire and so on. But now God speaks and he starts to worship. And when he, when he begins to worship, what doest thou here, Elijah? And now he hears the voice of God go, anoint Elijah, anoint Jehu, anoint. Go do your job. Anoint Hazael. You see a different Elijah after that. 
you see an Elijah at rest. At rest. The journey down was troubled. He was, he was worried. He wanted to die. He was running away from the queen. Wicked Queen Jezebel. But worship changed everything. Now he goes back with such might and power. Unafraid. He places his mantle on Elisha. Now he's looking toward heaven. He's not looking about dying and Jezebel after him. God took care of all that in worship. The minute he put his mantle on his face, on, on his head and covered his face and got into worship, everything changed. Now God prepared him in that worship. God prepared him for his journey to heaven. Because the next thing we see is the chariots coming to receive him. And there's no mention of that before that moment. What he knew now, his destiny. Think about that moment of worship in the Sinai, how it transformed that man from one full of fear to full of faith, troubled to now peaceful. He was walking in such calmness. Wow. Lord, bring each one of us to that place. I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, by your Holy Spirit, Cause us to come to that place of worship, Lord. Lord, we will hear your lovely voice. We will experience oneness. We will, Lord, experience rest. Quiet rest near your heart. Give you all the praise, all the glory and the honor. We bless your holy name, Savior. Wonderful Jesus. And Lord, bless your people with great blessings from heaven above this this year. That have no lack in their life spiritually, no lack in their life emotionally, no lack in their life physically. Health is their portion. Health is their portion. No lack financially. Let this be the year of household salvation. In your blessed name, Jesus. Amen and amen. Well, thank you for being with me today. I pray you've been really enjoying these teachings on entering into God's presence. Now it's time to give to the Lord's work. It's time to succeed and say thank you, Lord, for the harvest coming in 2023. So let's begin the year right. Let's begin the year with sowing seed in high expectation of a great year of abundance. The lack of the past will not be repeated. Lord, bless them as they obey you. Increase them on every side. In Jesus' name, amen. You can sow your seed now to the ministry on the platform you're watching me on. You can go to our website, which is the easiest way to do it, benin.org. You can text BHM45777. But the simplest just go to our website, benihin.org. And I pray this is, this is the greatest year ever in your life and your family. Much love. I will see you tomorrow. Shalom.